From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. One of the most significant dominoes in the NFL offseason appears to have fallen this morning in breaking news. And now everybody's left scrambling to figure out what's next. Derek Carr appears to be headed to the New Orleans Saints. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance, and it came down this way, the way it comes this morning, the way it comes down every single time when you need news. You got the tweet from Shefty saying it looked like the Saints were the front runner. You got a tweet from Diana Rossini saying it is done. New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr look to be headed to a marriage, Harry, and it raises a lot of questions about what the hell the New York Jets are thinking and what they're going to going to do because if Derek Carr was their backup plan he might have just figured out he wants something different for himself and that leaves them with no safety net Ooh, things right now for the New York Jets organization hotter than fish grease right now Fitz it's hotter than fish grease because now they not that they wasn't banking on Aaron Rodgers but now all the marbles you know 110% of the marbles versus probably 90% of the marbles are in on Aaron Rodgers and it's still there there's still hurdles that you got to climb there's still guys you got to release from your roster you still got to have available cap space to be able to trade for them you know the Green Bay Packers still have to make it go through Aaron Rodgers still has to make a decision there's so many things that have to go on for the Jets to get Aaron Rodgers but you had a guy in Derek Carr who was sitting right here, available to your team. But now Derek Carr is off the market because his former coach that he had with the uh, Oakland Raiders at the time, Dennis Allen, and Derek Carr have now reunited in New Orleans with the Saints. It's interesting because Shefty pointed out with Derek Carr headed to New Orleans, Jameis Winston now becomes a likely salary cap casualty. They can move on and save $4.4 million against the salary cap, but it would take 11.2 in dead money. A post-June cut would save 12.8, but no savings until then. All, all weird details to let everybody know that even though the Saints right now are roughly, according to SpotTrack.com, $20 million over the cap, they're going to figure out a way to get this Derek Carr deal done, a deal that some insiders are saying will be substantial on a four-year deal. So, Harry, right now, all of a sudden, if you're the Saints, you're looking around and saying, hey, we would seven and 10 last year. We've got weapons on this team that we feel good about. It's It's a quarterback coach relationship that is at very least comfortable and familiar. And then you go into a division that frankly doesn't have a clear cut front runner. So if I'm the Saints right now, if I'm a Saints fan right now, I feel really good about getting the second best quarterback that anybody thinks is going to be available this offseason as a Saint. And yes, and for me, being from Atlanta, oh man, this is going to feel kind of icky talking about this, but I have to be a professional. Yes, right now the New Orleans Saints are sitting in a great position because, number one, they do have a defense, a defense that has been dominant for, I would say, over the last, what, six or seven years, right? You still have a lot of carryover from that team. You look at the a wide receiver group. You look at how Chris uh, Alave emerged this season. You're going to get your, you know, your tackle back that you got in the first round last year that was hurt um, a, a, lot of, a lot of the time a year ago. 
Also, when you look across the division, you look at from the quarterback perspective, you look at Atlanta, they have Desmond Ritter. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have Kyle Trash. You look at the Carolina Panthers, I don't know who's going to be their guy. All these guys are looking to build in their quarterback room uh, when you have a guy who's been solidified for nine years in the National Football League and can play at a very, very high level. Granted, he hasn't won a playoff game, but you have somebody that you know you can trust and is very familiar with the head coach. Now, I want to take it back to the Jets. Because, see, it's some heat on the Jets. And, and Javante, can you help me out a, 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 a really quick with some music for the Jets? Oh, yeah. The heat is on. On. That, that, uh, that's it. That's it, Javante. That's oh, it, baby. That's I'm it. Telling you, I just want to learn how to play the right saxophone. Now for the Jets. Oof, go ahead. The go heat ahead. is on for the Jets right now. Because, like you just mentioned, Fitz, they have to go all in on Aaron Rodgers. What if they don't get Aaron Rodgers? And our other producer, Evan, you know, he's a huge Jets fan. And this was his biggest fear, that the New York Jets didn't get an opportunity, didn't sign Derek Carr, but then didn't get an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers as well. The next thing you know, you're stuck back with Zach Wilson and Mike White and Chris Streveler. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, man. Like, I'm calling Mr. Cleo. Like, if you've listened to this show at all at this point, we're a couple months in. There are times that Harry and I each have stood up and said, Mr. Cleo told you this a long time ago. Like, my, my regular phone psychic abilities came in. The first thing I said when all this started was that the Jets were going to mess around. They were going to bank on Aaron Rodgers. And the one thing you can't do is bank on Aaron Rodgers right no. now. Dude's got to go into the darkness to figure out if he wants to play. If he does want to play, does he want to play for the Packers or somewhere else? If he wants to play somewhere else, Will the Packers trade him to the Jets or somewhere else? Like, that's so many variables. This never made sense. And when they didn't aggressively go out and just sign Derek Carr, now all of a sudden they're in the worst-case scenario in my mind. I think the Jets are going to be stuck. When all this is said and done, they're going to be stuck at the altar like one of those reality shows where you're married at first sight and they realize that the quarterback <laughs> walking down the aisle is not somebody they wanted at all. Like, this is a worst-case scenario for the Jets because if their mindset was we got Derek car as a backup plan well their mindset needed to be in some way that he'd be willing to wait by him coming in and be like nah I'm, I'm gonna take care and by the way he tweeted out 43 minutes ago who dat right so I think uh, Derek Carr is reminding us all that this is done this is official he's a he's a New Orleans Saint so now if you're if you're the Jets what are you you're suddenly trying to figure out a way that you can massage the Jimmy G messaging to people but that's not going to be easy. A ton of teams are going to go after Jimmy G. Well, you want well, Jameis well, Winston? Like, the Jets got nothing. Well, I just don't think it's the front office. You look at guys like we had on Sauce Gardner, and, you know, he, he talked about the quarterback b b position briefly. And you, you see how that defense played last year, and you see how, like, the one Achilles heel was the quarterback position, uh, the cause of them not making the playoffs. Now, granted, it was a lot of other things, but the main priority – uh, a, a reason for them not making the playoffs was the quarterback position. Think about the guys in that locker room where you know Derek Carr is going, but then you know the hurdles that have to have to be you know hopped through or hopped over to get you know Aaron Rodgers. Think about those guys in the locker room right now. What they're thinking, like, damn, we're gonna run it back with, with Mike with Mike White and, and and Zach Wilson again and Chris Streveler. They, they probably drinking tequila or some Hennessy or something right now. I They're mean, probably upset. It's it's a little early in the morning for Hennessy, but I'm not I'm not no, here it's to never too early. I'm, it's that's never that's too early this. in the morning for anything. It's <laughs> never too early for anything. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance for a job you'll love. Visit progressive.com/careers. It, it feels to me 
Like this was, we knew this domino was inevitable, but now everybody goes into a little bit of like the Kermit the Frog, like throwing their arms around, what the hell are we doing next? Like that's across the board. Carolina, if they thought they had any shot now, they have to suddenly look at the results from the combine and see what it's going to take to move up. If you're a team like the Jets, you better have a backup plan because I don't think you can sell to a Jets fan running anything back with the same group of guys in the room. And if your answer is to suddenly give everybody Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston I don't think that's going to excite a fan base that feels like they're on the precipice of contending, right? So everybody that was sitting back saying, well, worst case scenario, you know, we'll, we'll go home with Derek Carr. This would be perfect. Well, he already found somebody he's going home with, and now Ooh. all of a sudden it's it's over. Oh, I got something. Oh, what if they have a chance to get Lamar Jackson, the Jets? I mean. Who? Jets? <laughs> don't you have to be more aggressive if Lamar Jackson is part of your plan? Like at this point, if Lamar Jackson was at like, and there'll be some conversation about Lamar and what's coming next. But if you're Lamar Jackson and you're sitting out there, you know, uh, you're looking across the board saying, Hey, if the thought is that nobody's going to give fully guaranteed money to Lamar Jackson, you can't tell me that there aren't a ton of teams that are looking at their current lineup, their current depth chart and saying, well, we can have Zach. Wilson, or we can pay $250 million for it. Yep, I'll take the 250 Like, every time, all day, every day. $250 going once. <laughs> $250 million going twice. Sold to the Jets. Lamar Jackson. Well, obviously, we've got a lot to break down, and we're going to give you our thoughts. I want to make sure you hear some thoughts. Peek behind the curtain here. My computer's not working, so I'll have the guys play it for you from behind the glass. Uh, Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, was on first take earlier today as the news broke. This is what he had to say about Carr going to the Saints. That's not surprising. Uh, I think uh, Dennis Allen drafted this young man. Uh, he feels like with him, uh, this will help their offense. Defensively, they're very good. It's a conference, really, that's uh, looking for quarterbacks, right? This is the quarterback conference. There will probably be two rookies in this conference that play quarterback, right? And so you, you look at a team right now that they feel no different than the Jets. Defensively, everyone said if Derek Carr went to the Jets, they'd be much improved, right? That's what they said. That's what everybody was saying. Well, yeah. now he's going to the Saints and the NFC. And remember this, the AFC is loaded with great quarterbacks, yeah. with great quarterbacks. The NFC, ah, not so much. Got some good quarterbacks, but the AFC has all the potential big-time quarterbacks. So I look at it as it's an upgrade for the Saints. They got to feel like, you know what? We're the favorite to win a division. That'll be interesting to watch this thing unfold. That is the breaking analysis on the breaking news that Derek Carr is headed to the New Orleans Saints. We will continue to break down all of it, but we just mentioned Lamar Jackson. And coming out of the combine, there's one thought on Lamar Jackson that is absolutely insane when you factor in Derek Carr. We'll tell you what it is and why it's not the way to go. Next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. You can't win in this league without a strong quarterback. I mean, that's been proven. So we want Lamar here and we want him back. It's just like a relationship, right? You know, one side of the relationship can you can tell me everything you want me to know in here. But if you're not showing me anything that you're telling me, why why do you think it matters? He has earned the right to ask for a fully guaranteed deal. If the Baltimore Ravens are not going to give it to him, then he has to make that line in the sand and say, I need to be out of here.
In roughly 28 hours, the franchise tag deadline will be here. And right now, we've got a quarterback, a former NFL MVP, a former unanimous NFL MVP that's sitting in a precarious situation with no idea what's going to happen between he and his team. But there's one move that I think would be absolutely ignorant by Baltimore. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, I'm just sitting back and I'm listening to the latest, uh, doing what everybody's doing, getting up in the morning, listening to a little get up. I want you to hear, I want your thoughts, Harry, on what Jeremy Fowler said this morning. Check it out. This is him talking about the latest with Lamar. Well, talking to several people around the league, they do believe that the Ravens have strongly considered using the non-exclusive franchise tag by Tuesday's deadline. That would allow other teams to put in offer sheets, long-term offers for Lamar that the Ravens could either match or decline. If they decline, they would get two first-round picks. Now, no firm decision has been made on this, but the expectation all along is that he will get one of the two tags. He will be locked in by Tuesday as a Raven contractually. After that, as anyone's guess. You like non-exclusive for uh, Lamar there, Harry? Hell no. No. It makes no sense to me. Why would you non-exclusive tag Lamar Jackson when you look in the AFC and you see all those quarterbacks that you have? Now, if you want to part ways with Lamar Jackson, I would exclusive tag him and try to do a sign-and-trade with somebody, if that's the route you want to go. Because I'm just going to lay it out. So Deshaun Watson, when he went to the Cleveland Browns, right, from the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans received a 2022, 2023, 2024 first-round draft pick. They also got a 2000, I believe it was 2023 third-round draft pick and a 2024 fourth-round draft pick. So that's five draft picks, three in the first round, one in the third, one in the fourth. Why in the hell would I non-exclusively tag Lamar Jackson and let other people go see if, you know, they want Lamar Jackson or the team and potentially could give, them, give him more money, and then I only get two first-round draft picks in return? What? What about that makes sense to you, Fitz? No, nothing. I think it's a terrible strategy. The only way Baltimore can do this is if they have the intent of signing him no matter what. Because the only way I can make it make sense is you're essentially saying, look, I've spent the last 18 months arguing with you about what you think you're worth. Why don't you go out on the street? If you find what you think you're worth, we will match it. This is the ultimate way for everybody to find out if you're right or I'm right in a negotiation. We'll match it no matter what. If Baltimore doesn't match it, if Baltimore non-exclusive franchise tags him, I think there are a handful of teams. I will point out, as I've said several times, Dan Snyder on the way out the door with the Washington Commanders gets the ultimate opportunity to change the way the league does business and screw every other owner if that's what he wants to do with a fully guaranteed contract. You want to tell me he wouldn't do that? I'm not buying. You want to tell me that the Raiders wouldn't just absolutely back up a Brinks truck if they think that that could get them the opportunity to compete with Mahomes for the next decade? You want to tell me uh, the Falcons, an organization you know well, wouldn't turn around and say, here, you can just have Georgia. Like, I, I, if I'm a team, if they if they non-exclusive franchise tag him, I am making a historic offer that minute. One minute later saying, here's history, let the Ravens match it. The Ravens' only approach to non-exclusive has to be that they're going to match absolutely anything, and if that's where they are, then why why get to this point in the negotiation? I can't make it make sense. That, 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 that's my point exactly. Like, if you're going to match anything that someone else throws out there, another team, another another organization, why not just give them the contract right now? Like, what's the, what's the bickering? What's the back and forth? What's the playing hardball for? Because one thing I do know, if the Baltimore Ravens want an opportunity to compete in the AFC, Lamar Jackson has to be their quarterback. 
I don't think it's going to be a rookie that's going to be able to come in and compete at the level that Lamar Jackson can to have your team afloat and have your team in a position. Look, did we forget two years ago that this team was the, the, the number one team in the AFC before Lamar Jackson got hurt? Did we forget last year that they were the, uh, the top team in the AFC North before Lamar Jackson got hurt? Did we see how things went downhill when he did get hurt? So Lamar Jackson, in my eyes, is the guy for this franchise. You talk about Patrick Mahomes. You talk about Joe Burrow. You talk about Josh Allen. You talk about Justin Herbert. Well, guess what? If you want to compete with those guys, Lamar Jackson has to be your quarterback. And don't tell me that Lamar Jackson isn't better than those guys when all their damn weapons are better than what Lamar Jackson has ever had in the National Football League. He's Harry Douglas. Now, I'm Patrick, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is better than Lamar Jackson. I'm not, I don't want to take it out of context now, okay? But, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, but those guys had weapons. Now, Patrick Mahomes didn't have weapons this year, but he had weapons four to five years. He, he's been a starter, and he still has Travis Kelsey over there as the number one. So I, I sort of separate Mahomes from a lot of this conversation because we're not having a conversation right now about whether Mahomes is the best quarterback today in the yep. NFL. We're having a conversation about whether, where he ranks on the all-time list. So if you're going into the draft or trying to sign anybody to sign the best quarterback of all time, you have pretty limited odds of doing that, right? So, like, <laughs> I sort of separate yes. Patrick Mahomes. The question becomes, because I did hear Orlovsky this morning make a, what I think is a fair point. Like, uh, the, the Bengals, the Bills, the Chargers, they would never get into this contentious negotiation. Now, I know there's pushback that the negotiation is contentious because the player wants fully guaranteed. But there was a, a quick moment where Jeremy Fowler quickly said, well, Lamar's not on the level of those guys. My question to you is, if you put Lamar on a team with weapons, is he on the same plane in your mind? Like, if uh, you know yes. me, I use the liquor conversation. Yes. So he's on the same shelf as the bottle of Burrow and the bottle of Herbert and the bottle of uh, any yes. of the other. Okay. Yes. Lamar Jackson has been able to do what he's done in the National Football League without the weapons and nowhere near close to the weapons that these guys we just mentioned have. So put him on the Cincinnati Bengals. You don't think that team is going to be a hell of a team with Lamar Jackson? I mean, and coaching matters, too. Like, look at the difference yes. we've seen in Daniel Jones, for example, who we'll get to later in the show today. Daniel Jones, Brian Dable comes in, and all of a sudden, Jan Daniel Jones goes from looking like a bust to looking like, according to some reports, a 40000000 million-plus quarterback per year because of the right coaches around him. Like, there is some moment here where even the Ravens admitted that their offensive coaching staff was a liability. They fired them. If they didn't believe that that was yep. part of the problem, those guys would still be where they are. So they, they made a change of coaching that I think has to speak to the fact that even the Ravens organization understands you're not putting the right coaches oh. around, the right infrastructure around. Oh, newsflash. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens beat Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals the first game this year. Oh, did anybody forget that one? Up, oh, guess what? Lamar Jackson beat Patrick Mahomes last year in the regular season. Up, oh, did anybody forget that one? Let so me, don't sit up here and tell me Lamar Jackson wouldn't be able to compete if he had the we he's, he's competing without the weapons. Okay, so imagine I'm a, if he had them. I'm gonna give you a scenario. I'm gonna just use my fandom. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear my fandom the same way Greeny wears his Jets fandom around here. Okay, because mm -hmm. I'm sitting on. If you're watching this in the app, I got a Raiders hoodie on because it's a day that ends in Y. Uh, Raiders pullover. Like every day, I'm wearing Raiders gear around here. So let me ask you this. You and I are going to be working together on the draft. If I told you that the Raiders paid a, I'll use even the money in, a $250 million fully guaranteed contract, but they got Lamar Jackson. That's over here. That's, that's plan A. Plan yeah. B is that the Raiders are able to draft one of the top four quarterbacks in the NFL. Which situation makes them more competitive with Mahomes for the next decade? Plan A. 
that that's the thing. Like you put Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. with with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. Like no, you still got twenty other holes to fill on the defensive side of the ball. I understand that, but you can't tell me that most owners right now aren't looking around saying Chicago wants three first round draft picks and more to move up to the first overall pick. If if the Ravens non-exclusive Lamar, you can get Lamar Jackson easier than you can get the first pick in the draft. And there is nothing sure about the first pick in the draft. That's why we're fired up about it. We will keep you updated. News is breaking today, and it's going to break all day as we get ready for the franchise tag and as these contracts come down. We will keep you updated with every ounce of it as it continues to break through. But in the meantime, of all the great games we saw in the NBA, Two this weekend stood out amongst the rest. You've got to hear about them next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'm Christine Lisi. From Vegas to the Big Easy for Derek Carr. The former Raiders quarterback is signing with the Saints, according to ESPN's Diana Rossini. The Saints, Jets, and Panthers had all been pursuing Carr for several weeks. Carr's history with New Orleans coach Dennis Allen dates back to 2014 when he was the head coach of the Raiders. Allen was involved with selecting Carr in the second round that year and made the decision to start him right away as a rookie. ESPN's Adam Schefter is reporting the Cowboys placed the franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard, the 2023 franchise tender for a running back about $10 million. As they worked to get under the salary cap by Wednesday's deadline, the Vikings released veteran linebacker Eric Kendricks. It's the first move in what's likely to be a significant roster overhaul for Minnesota, which is entering the second year of what the front office has called a competitive rebuild. Luka Doncic driving, spinning on a Kobe, getting deep, creating space, missed the shot! Devin Booker and Doncic go face to face! He said something first, I responded. Next time we'll work through three seconds left to time. We got Luka and Booker with drama. We got Kyrie and KD maybe not even saying anything to each other. And we got the Knicks on a roll. Yes, Derek Carr looks to be headed to the New Orleans Saints. Big news, and we will get right back to the NFL. But it was a huge weekend in the NBA that deserves a little love. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X7, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, uh, obviously, you know, when you start talking about the Suns, and we've talked a lot about the Suns, why my money is quite literally on the Suns to represent the West in the NBA Finals, I was all eyes on their ability to take on the Mavs. When you start talking about KD versus Kyrie, what's it going to mean? Uh, all of a sudden, the Suns moved to 3-0 and with KD in the lineup with 37 points, 12 for 17 from the field, including the go-ahead bucket with 11.7 seconds left in the fourth. But all I kept thinking about while I was watching it is something you and I have talked a lot about, efficiency. This Suns team seems to score wildly efficiently when they've got everybody out there. There is an ease to what they're doing that I think absolutely dominated in that in, in that instance. Yeah, you have two, uh, I think, of the most purest scores um, in the NBA, and Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant. You talk about and, and all facets of the game and everywhere on the basketball court, whether it's you know in the paint, uh, mid-range, from the three-point line, from the free-throw line. And these guys have done a hell of a job of, you know, 
shooting the basketball efficiently and, and putting it in the basket and not shooting eight for, you know, 26 and, and getting points that way. I think the shot limitation for these guys, and they're both getting their shots up, but I think the, them being so as efficient as they are allows them to be lethal. And I use the word lethal not loosely. I, I, I use it very strongly because when you have two guys that can score the basketball like them, uh, I think it is lethal. And the flip side of it, when you're, you're looking at the Mavs and you're looking at Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, and you're looking at those guys and basically they're going to have to outscore people every night because of the lack of defense that they do play. Well, a lot of times those two guys, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, you're not going to outscore them because Kevin Durant by himself is a cheat code, a human cheat code. And I love the antics between, you know, Devin Booker and Luka. You know, this, this, is, this isn't the first time these two went at each other. I mean, they, they got past history. But I love it. I love the fire out of both of them. And I want to continue to see it going because I think it's, it's great for the game that these guys have passion and they love the game that they play so well. But the Phoenix Suns, man, the, the way they can score the basketball, I just don't want them from an offensive perspective. I don't want DeAndre Ayton. I don't want Chris Paul to get so caught up in the scoring of those two guys that they're just sitting around watching them all the time. You know what I mean? Like we've seen the Brooklyn Nets do with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I don't, I don't want to see that with the Suns. I want them to steal when they have open looks, take their chances, take their shots. But, damn, it is hard when you have a Devin Booker and a Kevin Durant that you can just get the ball to. Well, and if you were watching this in the ESPN app, they, they were just showing some of the highlights from the game. And you just watch the way they're moving the ball around. They're forcing defenses to switch and move a lot. And then all of a sudden, when you've got somebody like Booker and then you've got somebody like KD, it just creates mismatches. KD's averaging 26.7 points per game on 69% field goal shooting. Nice. Mm, mm, in mm. his first three games. Like, you start thinking about those numbers, that speaks to how easy it's becoming because of the mismatches they're getting. And, frankly, another highlight that they showed was even KD walking up as there's the jawing going on. You got KD walking up clapping, and you know he's talking as part of that too. Mm -hmm. There's a fire to what's happening right now. I know it's very early for the Suns, but they're playing with an ease, but they're also playing with the confidence and a swagger and a little bit of cockiness. It just feels like it's the perfect chili, like all of the ingredients have been simmered perfectly. You put it together in one pot. I got a flavor explosion in my mouth. That's the Phoenix Suns. I'm all in on this. I think what I like about them the most is the veteran leadership that they have on their team. And it starts with their head coach, Monty Williams. Um, he's been involved in the NBA for a very, very long time. He, he's a fantastic coach. He does an amazing job. Uh, but also you have that veteran leadership from a guy named Chris Paul, who's done it at the highest level, um, not winning the championship, but he's done it at the highest level. He is the purest point guard that we have in the game today. You also have a veteran a guy in Kevin Durant and, and what he's able to do and what he's able to bring to the game with ease, like you just mentioned. Devin Booker, is he a veteran like that that like those guys? No, but he he is a guy that's been in the league for a good amount of time. And, you know, he showed that he can shoot the lights out and score sixty plus, seventy plus points in a in a, in, a, in a NBA game. So uh, I think they're sitting right, and I know these guys can't wait for playoff time. I mean, what do you do? Like, if you're Dallas, you've built yourself in a situation where you feel like your top two is great, right? So you're coming in and thinking, I got these two guys. I can score on anybody. Then you walk into the gym, and you realize that your best two isn't as good as their best two. That's that's uh -oh. rare when you're talking about that, but that's real in the West. Like, uh, their best uh, – Luka and Kyrie on their best nights together are not better than what the Suns are putting on the floor on their best nights. It's very simple to me. No, because it's a simple conversation like 
And you hear Stephen A. say this. You hear a lot of people say this. When Kevin Durant is fully healthy and Kevin Durant is playing great basketball, he's arguably the best player in the game of basketball. Yeah, well, literally, they put a graphic up on the watch ESPN that shows you that right now the fourth most combined points in the first three games together ever in history, Booker and Durant, the three above them all involve Wilt. Like that just shows you what they're doing and how historic it is. Uh, uh, Devin, producer extraordinaire, you won a, a basketball championship this weekend. You, you, sure you, did. Uh, as a <laughs> as a champion uh, in your league, uh, which team do you think has better championship DNA? We got to lean to the champion here. Um, probably the Suns. Okay, that's the great analysis you can only get from Devin. Uh, you know, Congrats. not better than my team, though. I'll tell you that much. Not better than your team. Okay. No, in terms of chemistry and just everyone wanting each other to be successful, we had it on lock. Devin did send out a team picture. What the hell to is the going home. on yeah. right now? Well, Devin won. An, uh, what, what, what do we call? It? Do we call that an intramural? Is that what we're calling that? A rec league? What uh, are we yeah, like? A men's league. A men's league. Okay, it was a. I'm sorry, a rec men's league. league. Okay. So, Devin, who, who was the leading scorer, Devin? Uh, my guy Sam was. He he poured in probably like six threes. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, how like many how, points? How, how, about how many did he average a game? Uh, I probably say around like fifteen, sixteen. That's it. Okay, what about you? What about you? I how had many six. You I had six yesterday. Two. Threes. Oh, okay. Major contribution. Like, are you the defensive no, big, stopper? Time, timely buckets, though. It wasn't just like <laughs> timely buckets. You oh, made yeah, two shots time. the whole game, and and the yeah. time, two timely yeah, shots. We, we we were distributing the ball. Everyone everyone had a hand in it. Okay, how many points did your team <laughs> score in total? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was like 60-something points. Okay. Uh, you know. I, it's 20-minute running clock. Like, what do you expect us to score 100? I'm just, I'm just asking some questions. I, I would I, expect I you to have more than six points, Dave. Yes, I, I, I expect you to have more than more six. I as well. But you know what? I, was just, I, I, I didn't have it as well as do I Do you get wanted. a championship ring for this? We got a big, we got a big trophy. Okay. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one trophy. Who gets to hold the trophy? Uh, we're going to do, like, the Stanley Cup. We're gonna, everyone's going to get it for, like, a week. Okay, and then at the end of the what year, what else do you want to know? I, 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 this was the Harry sitting there saying, "Weren't we going to talk about the Knicks?" Yeah, we were going to talk about the Knicks. We'll talk about the Knicks later. I just had to get championship insight. Yeah, it's your champ- fault, not my fault. Well, you know, so just- De- Dev, at, at any point this season, did you take any charges? No, uh, Harry, I, I know well enough. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, give up my body. Like wait, that. wait, wait, Dev. Whoa, what? You? What? Whoa! You? You're not gonna give your body up, wait, and wait. you're in a. So you're not committed to the process. I'm committed to the process, but not How? to where I'm going to get hurt for it. If you don't want to give your body up. Did, b- bunch of all you do is cover it. your gonads and take the charge, my man. That's all you do. So you, you scored six points and brought nothing to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, how old are you, Dev, for the world? 31. Okay. So 31, and he says his body can't handle it in a men's league. I'm just saying, like, uh, were you the youngest of your team? My, I can handle it. I just, I'm picking well, he, my spots. Well, he wasn't really invested. He yeah. was fake invested. I'm picking my spots. Listen, yeah. I'm not going to get hurt. How I'm many sorry. flops did you have in, in the... No flops. Oh, on, really? Yeah, I don't mean, take flops. But he did miss a couple <laughs> of volleyball games. the hell out of Dev. Dev, what's the most points you scored in this league? In, in, in this one league? Of these games? I probably yeah. had, I probably had like 16. We got. I mean, we got shooters. There was more drama from this this game, the the one that actually counted uh, between Kyrie and uh, between Katie. We'll get you caught up on the drama, of course, coming up. But Jerry Jones, speaking of drama, spoke about his quarterback, and I absolutely hated everything he had to say. You'll hear what he said next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Well, it didn't stop during the break. Uh, the relentless roasting of Dev for not willing, to, no willingness to sacrifice his body in a championship game for his rec league has led to a poll. It's out on the poll at H Douglas eighty three. Was he really committed? Uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry 
on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, Devin Kane uh, producing. And uh, Devin, now that it's out on the poll, I'll give you one more chance before we get to Jerry Jones. Do you want to defend your decision at all to not risk your body? You didn't take a single charge. Did you take any physical contact? How many rebounds did you have? I don't know. I don't, I'm not a stat guy, you know? I don't, I don't, I'm not. Rough guess. You, you aren't, but you don't want to I take prob- charges when, when, when they present themselves. Three, maybe? I don't know. So you had two baskets made in three <laughs> boards in a championship yeah, and game. And the reason he I didn't take a charge. So he made three baskets. Part of the reason I didn't take a charge is because we were running a 1-3-1, very effective defense, by the way, for the team we were playing. Couldn't hit a shot. Um, I wasn't in a position. I wasn't down low to be able to take these charges. I was making Did, steals. You, uh, well, newsflash, Mr. Basketball Expert, you don't have to be down low to take a charge in the game. game. I'm also just a little, like, now we're getting more details. It feels like he's backtracking a little bit. Exactly. Well, you guys can vote on the poll. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, held to a standard. Uh, that, that's what we do around Harry, this show. Are you taking a charge in a, in a men's league game? Oh, of course. Like, that's, Look, the thing about, that's the thing about me. Like, if I'm playing, I don't know how to half-ass do anything. I really don't. So people are going to be mad, like, dude, why are you playing so hard? Like, I, I mean, can't help it. I'm definitely taking the charge because let's be real, I have baby hands, which means ball handling is never going to be my skill set, right? Like, so you don't want me bringing the ball up the court, right? I got baby hands. I got tight hips. So the minute I run, if I'm on the same team as Harry Douglas, he's looking at me like, I am not getting that by the guy the ball at all, right? And I'm probably winded quickly. The only shot that I have to not get benched and have to watch everybody else play for the rest of the game is to be aggressive defense aggressive defense like I'm over aggressive gym defense guy like I am that guy that's like putting the elbow over in the side and pushing too hard on somebody twice my size to try and keep him out of the box like just annoying people because that's the only way Harry Douglas is letting me stay on the court at all at all you take that charge, Fitz, and unfortunately, it's probably going to be the last one you take that game. That's all I'm going to say. No, 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 Dev. I, you know, I can thing, take though. a punch. Like, I, can, I what, can take a what if, what if the last play came down to you taking a charge or not, and you just told us yeah, on it, live air that you wasn't – no, you told us that you weren't sacrificing your body. Course. You know time what situation. You know what Devin is doing? Devin's making excuses. You know who else made excuses? You, who else made excuses? Jerry Jones. That's right. Ooh. The owner of the Cowboys, because he was asked about Dak and the support that Dak needs when we talk about more playmakers. And this is what he had to say about getting QB1 support given the contract. When Dak first got here, we had one of the best offensive lines that, in my mind that had been put on the field in a long time. And he had that. And so we had skill around him, especially offensively. Well, when you do what you do today and you invest in a quarterback the way you do with these premium quarterbacks, that is that's automatically has to be diminished. And so when you ask me the supporting cast around him, uh, uh, it'll be hard to get to a supporting cast the way he did when he started his career. I, I, I absolutely hate every ounce of what I did. All I heard there were excuses. From an owner sitting there saying, oh, okay, well, what about the amount of money that you've invested in other positions? Have you done everything the right way? Also, what about the draft? Maybe you could go in and address some of the playmakers you need for them. And they're like, don't give me excuses today. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a team that decided today to franchise Tony Pollard that has a bad contract with Zeke that they're trying to figure out their way out of. And everybody's going to talk about, you know, pay. But at some point, Harry, you've already stressed the fact that this year in the draft, there are running backs everywhere. You can address these things if you do it the right way, the smart way. Don't give me excuses before we've even gotten there on why you can't surround your quarterback that you believe in so much with talent. Just get it done. 
Well, it's not just running backs all over the place. I think they're wide receivers all over the place. Wide receivers with size that can actually end speed, that can help out the Dallas Cowboys. So you don't put so much pressure on C.D. Lamb, right? Uh, the second leading, you know, pass catcher for the Dallas Cowboys last year was Dalton Schultz. And I believe he had about, what, 500 and something yards receiving. Uh, he is also a free agent on this team. So you're going to have to figure some things out. Yeah, he had 577 yards and five touchdowns. Like, you're going to have to find other guys that, that, that Dak has to get the football to. You don't necessarily have to do it in a, in a way to where you're paying guys a lot of money to do so. Uh, you can get some of these valuable wide receivers that can help you, instantly help you right now to pick up some of the slack, right, to help Dak Prescott. Also, Jerry Jones, are you being stingy with your money? Like, you can help out. It's, it's just a matter of do you want to or not. It, for me, so much of this is like, what excuses are we willing to accept? And in the modern NFL, I paid my quarterback is supposed to become this excuse. I will say But he it again. secretly tried to blame Dak. Right. right. He secretly tried to blame Dak because he's the quarterback and making all this money. And, and as I've said a million times, and I'm not going to bore you guys with the numbers every time we bring it up, we've had Stats and Info run every single important number on winning. There is no proof that you can't make the playoffs if you pay your quarterback. There's no proof you can't make the Super Bowl if you pay a player, pay your quarterback. There's no proof you can't win a Super Bowl if you pay your quarterback. A bunch of owners have decided to use paying my quarterback as an excuse to why they can't reach the pinnacle of what they're trying to do. Go out and do your damn jobs. Like At some point, stop asking all of us to excuse the fact that you paid somebody and now that means you can't win because there's no empirical data that suggests that that's actually true. Ooh. Just do your job better. I have something else. Was Jerry Jones trying to send a subliminal message to Dak Prescott? Take less money. Without really asking him to take less money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. I, if I'm Dak and that's the subliminal message, I'm like, cool, when you do. Like, if if you want to <laughs> open up your books and show them all to me and show me that you don't have any money anywhere, then we'll figure it out. Otherwise, figure out a way to work around it. We're in a world where the Saints are about to sign Derek Carr, the big news of the day, and they're $20 million over the cap. If you want to be smart with the cap, you can figure yep. it out. It's just a matter of if you're going to put the work in and do you have the right brains around there. And the people responsible for that with the Cowboys, it's not Dak. That's the Jones family. Speaking of Derek Carr, he's headed to New Orleans to become a Saint. Which quarterback's next? We'll figure it out. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.